Good morning, everyone. Hope you have a wonderful day. We continue. We left off. We are in the seventh chapter of Saita and the th- third line from the bottom on 33b. Three places. We find three instances with the Kainim carried on. Usually it's the Leviim who carried on. But three times we find. The Levim, the Levites carry the Aaron, cause the Aaron, the Ark, the Holy Ark. But we find three exceptions. Three exceptions with the Kohenim carried instead of the Levim. Also, it was impossible for the for the Kohenim then. There were only three Kohen, <laughs> Aaron, Aaron, Elazar, and the Summer. So the Levim carried. But anyway, in general, it seems from this Gemara that in all times the Levim were the ones that they carried the Aaron, was the Levim. But there were three exceptions. What were the three exceptions? Shavru is a yarden, and they crossed the yarden, like we learned yesterday. The Pasuk says the Levim carried the Aaron. As soon as they stepped foot with the Aaron into the water, the water split. And this was the equivalent of when the Jews left Egypt by Yamsuf. Also, there was a constant wind. The wind had to blow constantly to maintain this miracle. So the Levim had to stand with their feet in the water, carrying the Aaron. And that kept the miracle going. That sustained the miracle. The moment they stepped back, the waters returned. And the, what was the second time? When they circled Yericho, it says the Kohenim, you know, seven times. Every day, and then the seventh day on Shabbos, seven times, and then the walls collapsed. So, yes. No, the, the Kohenim carried on. This was, this was the exception. This is the exception. Usually the Levim carried on in general. Whenever the Aaron was carried, it's carried But the exception was the Kainim carried the Aaron in the Jordan. And when they circled, when they circled Yericho, so he says, Yeshua called the Kainim, he says, carry the Aaron. And she is ruled them So Rashi says, in the times of the Beis Migdash, when they returned the, the, for the first time in many years, they returned the Aaron to its proper place. Because the Aaron was taken from Shiloh, was taken to war, and then the Aaron was captured by the Philistines, and, and, and then the Shiloh was destroyed, and Eli died, he collapsed, and he turned over in his chair, and he died, and, and, uh, and the Aaron was never returned to the Kodesh HaKadoshim from that point on. It was in different homes, and, and then David brought it back to a special house, but, the, but the, when it was restored properly, when Shleim HaMel built the first Mesa Migdash, and they built the Kodesh HaKadoshim, so they brought the order and they entered the order into the Kedosh HaKadosh. So it says that the Koyanim, the Koyanim are the ones who carried it. It says, wait a minute, it says clearly in Chronicles, the Levium carried it. It says clearly the Levium carried it. Here the Gemara is saying the Koyanim carried it. The Pasuk says the Levium. So Taisvah's answers because there are 24 times when Koyanim are referred to as Levium. Don't forget, Kainim were also Levim. They were from the tribe of Levi. They were singled out within the tribe of Levi. So he says Levim is meaning, he actually means Kain. As it says there, Kainim and the Levi. In other words, the Kainim carried the Aaron, the Levim carried, carried uh, uh, the tent. And it says clearly, the Kainim brought the Aaron into its place. They brought it into the Holy, Holy of Holies. Others say, another answer to Teisvus gives, that the Kohenim took it from where David kept it, handed it over to the Levim. 
The Levium carried it and transported it, as it should be. The Levium are always the ones who are carrying the Arun. And then when they brought it to the Beis Amigdash, it was the Kainim who entered into the Holy of Holies. The Levium were not allowed in, and, and that's why, so therefore, both, everything is correct. Okay. Bechiva, we continue on 34a. Bechiva, one should need below. Dagli, Kainim, Bemayim, Chazer, Maylon, Chanem. As soon as the Kainim, holding the Arun, stepped foot into the Jordan, the water, the water went back. The water, instead of the water coming down, the water went the opposite direction, went up. Like a wall. How high did the water cascade up, pile up? 12 mil. So that's, um, that's around, that's over 36 thousand feet. Hmm. So you're talking about over six miles high. And a width of Shnei Masar Mil. Two thousand, a little more than three thousand feet. A little more than half a mile. So twelve mil, twelve mil is six, a little more than six miles high. Piled up six miles high. And a width of six miles high. That was the camp. The Jewish camp was 12 mil by 12 mil. According to you, who goes quicker? Water? Who flows quicker? Water or people? Who walks quicker? Water goes quicker. Even when water is climbing against the gravity, it's going up. We're not talking about water flowing down. Of course, water flowing down comes rushing down. Here the water was going up. Miraculously, the water cascaded up. But still, water is quicker than people. I mean, if you say, till the Jewish people crossed, the whole camp crossed, it took a lot longer than for the water to reach six miles high. And then the water, he said, came crashing down. So then the, water, the, the Jewish people would have drowned. Ella, rather, it kept on going higher and higher. Waves upon waves, keeping until the ice misholish mails mill three hundred mil. Right, right. Keeping literally means an arch, so like the top of a wave. So waves upon waves, arches upon arches, three hundred mil. So you're talking about. 300, 600, I mean, 300 mil is 600,000 amas. 900,000 feet, over 900,000 feet. How many miles? 71 miles high. No, it's orbit. What was that? ...that eliminates Al-Shnei Masar Mil. It's just 12, 12, 12 mil high, which is like six, six miles, versus here, Rabbi Lazar Shimon says, no, it has to be how much? 173 miles high, because the water cascades very quickly, even though it's going against the gravity, it's going against, not going down, it's going up, so it probably was slower than cascading down, but still, water is light, water is quick, versus people, till you get people moving, especially Jews, you know, so it, so it took, so the water kept them going until 176 miles. Then all the Jewish people crossed, and then the water 
cascaded back down. In this case, there was no Egyptians, there were no Egyptians that drowned. It was only in the Yamsu. But then the water cascaded back down. All the kings of the world from east and west were able to see this miracle. So 176 mile column of water. It was so tall. Can you imagine how, how, how tall? Everyone saw it. It was the wonder of the world. Everyone saw, saw this amazing sight. And when all the kings heard those are on the west side of the Jordan, the east bank of the Jordan, on the on the west side, so all the kings of all the kings of, of the kings of Amoidi, all the Canaanite nations who were on the west side of the Jordan saw it. And all those who are on the other side, and they also on the on the on the sea saw what heard what happened. But it's interesting; it says they heard. What you, according to this, they saw, not they heard. Hashem dried up his He did this miracle for the Jewish people. So their hearts melted. Part that they heard was they just saw this mir- miracle. They saw this this water going up, but they didn't they didn't see they didn't know what was happening. They just saw the water, didn't understand. Then they heard, oh, you know why this happened? It happened for the sake of the Jewish people, and that's why the heart melted. It's not just they heard; they must have seen. They must have seen something in order the heart should melt. They saw this wonder, but then they heard why it happened and what was really going on on the ground. That Hashem dried up. That part they didn't see. That Hashem dried. The river, and they heard the whole story, the whole reporting, and that's when, uh, and their hearts melted. Okay, makes sense. Okay. And, and, and they were and they were completely demoralized. No, they saw with their own eyes. And also, said, she said to the messengers of Yeshua, Pinchas, and Kalev Kishamana, we heard we heard that what happened in this case of Yamsa 40 years before. Yeah, it says, we heard, our hearts melted, so why, why is it? Because over there, the water turned into like stone. The water stood like a wall. Here, it just says the water kept on cascading. It didn't turn into like a wall. It didn't turn into stone. It stayed water. It stayed water. There, the water, right, it had the properties of a stone. There, the state water just kept on going the opposite direction, the wrong direction. <laughs> also, all the Shua sent the spies before they crossed the Jordan. So they didn't yet see, experience what happened in the Jordan. And 40 years later, they heard, they all heard about the splitting of the sea, didn't see it, and they were all still, their hearts melted. Oh, see, so the Masha says that just like over there, because they actually saw it, because it says all the waters of the all the waters in the world split. So to over here, so to over here, when it says after the Jordan, after the miracle of the Jordan, the splitting of the Jordan, when they heard, their hearts melted. It wasn't just they heard, but they actually was accompanied by seeing. They saw. They saw the water climb so high. Six miles, it wouldn't necessarily, but here everyone saw it because it was 106, 170, how many say? 170, 71 miles. 71 miles.
So that was such an astonishing, astounding that even CNN couldn't ignore it. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> And they were still in the Jordan. I'm letting Yeshua. Yeshua says to them, "Do you should know I'm not the Mavrim." Why are you crossing the Jordan? Why is Hashem making this miracle for you? I'm not sure. Yeshua says, "Yeshua, we should expel the Canaanite inhabitants from the land." You have to expel them. If you accept upon yourself that this is what you're going to do, you're going to fulfill the divine commandment to expel these evil Canaanite nations from the Holy Land. Good, mutter, good, vimla, but if you don't, right now, accept it upon yourself. If not, then the water is going to come and it's going to uh, drown you. It's going to drench you and drown you. Sounds kind of like when, they, when the... By Matan Taylor, right? Matan Taylor, right. You accept it, you don't. You should say, I'm including myself. I'm going with you. My faith is with you. Of course, I'm ready to do what Hashem wants, but I'm your leader. So if none of you are ready to follow, there's no followers, I mean, there's no leaders. If there's no, you know, cowboys and Indians, there's no late leaders, there's no leaders, there's no, there's no chiefs, there's no regulars, no chiefs. So, it's also like Moshe says, erase me from the Torah. Yeah. It's very parallel. One member of every tribe should take with them a stone, carry a stone from from the bottom, the seabed of the of the Jordan River, the riverbed. So this will be, and then they took the stone and they made a monument. This will be a sign for you. People are going to ask, what is this monument? What, what does this symbolize? What does this represent? So you should tell them that, that Hashem made this miracle. This will be a reminder. It's like this is the museum. You build a museum to remind yourself of this miracle that happened. When they were still in the Jordan River, Yeshua said to them, They were standing and, uh, and the water split. You should take 12 stones and you should carry with you. And the place that you're going to sleep tonight, that's where you should set up these stones. You would think every place that they should, they're, they're going to sleep, they should dismantle the stones and set it up again. The first night, where you're going to sleep in the first night, that's where you should permanently set up the stones. They, they, they knew where the stones were. And they measured each stone was a measure measured 40 40 saw several hundred pounds what several hundred pounds several hundred pounds each one was able to carry a stone that weighed 40 saw which like a few hundred pounds you know learned the tuni the madly inchilikaspe a, a, a weight a load that you can carry on a, one person can carry on his shoulder if you carry it with someone else it's a, you can carry three times as much triple as much so it's not like two people can carry double two people can carry triple triple the amount of what one person can carry 
Now you can understand the cluster of grapes that the, that the Madaglim, the spies, carries. It says, It says, They carry with a stick, with a pole. With two. It says, They carry a pole, by definition, is two. One on this end of the pole, on this end. They carry it in a pole. One carried on one end of the pole, the other, the other carried. They carry this one cluster of grapes. So why does it say with two? With two, with two poles. So altogether, altogether seemingly was four. Each pole had one person on each end of the pole. But then he says, no, it's actually eight. It was like crisscross, a crisscross of poles. Right. Well, you had have, you have, you have different configurations. Some say it was like, like an X. And then you had a str- uh, on the uh, on one end. Then you had on the other end. You had like straight. They were carrying straight two poles, or it was two poles, but each pole had horizontal had two on each end. So either way, it took eight people to carry one cluster of grapes. Now, if one can carry, one Jew was able to carry a saw, which is a few hundred pounds. Two if you carry with help. And carry triple the amount, a few hundred times three. And here you needed eight people. Imagine how heavy that cluster of grapes was. And then one spy carried one pomegranate. One spy carried one fig. Yeshua, the color is not a clue. Yeshua, the color didn't want to carry anything. Why not? Because they were important. Yeshua was the, you know, Moshe's right hand. So it says it's 900. If one saw, oh, a person is able to carry 120 saw. Three, two people together are able to carry triple. One person can carry 40 saw. Two people can carry more than just double, 80, can carry triple, 120. 120 times 8 is, 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 uh, is 900, 960. So, each saw is a few hundred pounds. 960 times a few hundred. So you're talking about a few thousand. The cluster of graves was a, was a... How much is a ton? It was, a, it was more than a ton. One cluster of grape in the Holy Land at that time weighed more than a ton. You can see why... And you needed eight people to carry it. Imagine, a, gra- a cluster of grapes. There were giants. The people were giants. The, the fruit was giant. There was a whole of grapes. Was approximately the size, the, the, the the weight of a car. So no wonder why you needed eight people to carry it. But <laughs> was like the leader. He was Moshe's right hand man, and Kole was 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 from the tribe of Yehuda. And or they didn't carry because they knew the reason why they were carrying this was not to show how great Israel was, it was to frighten, to frighten the Jewish people. They were going back to the early arguments in Shim. We continue on side B, 34 A. According to Rabbi Yehuda, the Jewish people traveled. They traveled as as they camped together as a camp. So they traveled the same way. That's why he said it was it was 20, 12, uh, six miles high, more than six miles. High. It was as, as twelve mil as they traveled. But they 
traveled in in in, in column. They traveled a single in single single file. That's why it took so much longer, and that's why the water piled up a hundred and seven over hundred and seventy mile high. Adam and one of them argues says no. No, according to both, they traveled as they came. But one one of them, Rabbi Huda holds that a person can travel quickly, especially you're going in the middle of a river. They they walk quickly. They ran. They can also run. A person can also run and jog. Especially after eating mun for forty years, the Jews were all slim and trim and healthy. There was no overweight uh, obesity like we have today in the Jewish community. They didn't suffer any of that. There was no kugels and kishkes. Marsavar, <laughs> <laughs> the other one said, Mayim Kalim. And the other one said, No, the water is a lot quicker. And that's why it could only go up. Uh, and that's why, uh, that's why it had to go up. Uh, they had to wait longer. It went up uh, over 170 miles. Even though water was going against the force of gravity, so it was a lot slower than water coming down. Water coming down comes rushing down. Going up, you can say maybe it went a little slower, and maybe people walked a little faster. So that's the argument. So, you know, that, that, that's a good question. Was it, was it a bigger miracle? But he doesn't say that. Actually, he says that the, according to them, it seems like the speed of the water going up is the same. Just the question is, how quickly did the Jewish people pass? Maybe they knew, maybe Hashem told Moshe, you people, It's your opinion, it's your decision. I'm not telling you to send. Will a person choose a person choose a bad portion for himself? In other words, Hashem would not command him to do this, to send someone when it's gonna to lead to disaster. I know the Siva, Yit Beinaidah. Mesha says it was it was it made sense to me, it was good in my eyes. But actually the question is when Moshe that should have been a red a red a red sign, a red that's a red flag. Here Moshe doesn't make a move without Hashem. Here Hashem is telling you, you know what, I don't think it's a good idea, but if you want to do it, go ahead. And Moshe went ahead and did it. So, so the, no, 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 we're talking about the spies. When Moshe, spies of Moshe, we're going back to the, the spies carried, he's going back to the spies carrying the cluster of grapes. So what did Moshe say? Rebbe says, no, it wasn't a bad thing. On the contrary, Moshe was very pleased. Because it showed that the Jewish, Jewish people grew up. In other words, in the Midbar, Hashem took care of them. Hashem provided for everything. Now you're about to enter into the promised land, and now you have to stand on your own two feet. You grew up already. You're no longer children. Hashem is not going to cuddle, cuddle you and carry you and coddle you. Hashem says, grow up. Part of being grown up is you have to take the initiative. Use your mind that Hashem gave you. Figure it out. Hashem told you this is the mission. How, what, when, where? Go figure it out. You're an adult. Use your mind, use your brain, scout the land, figure it out. How am I going to conquer? What's the best way to conquer? Moshe was very happy. Hashem wasn't telling him, oh, you, you know, you. Hashem says, now, when, the, when it's a human choice, of course it can go either way. When you use, you engage your mind. Why would Moshe be happy? Just do what Hashem said. No, because you're no longer children. Hashem wants you to use your mind. Hashem wants you to stand on your own feet. That's why it's called shlach. Shlach means. Shlach is, a, is an agent. 
Who can be an agent? A child can't act as an agent. You need an adult. An agent is a contradictory in terms. On one hand, an agent has to be faithful to the mission. Otherwise, he no longer represents you. On the other hand, he has to be an independent adult who can make decisions. You can decide. So that's a wonderful thing. When you're about to enter the land of Israel, you grew up. It's a sign of maturity. You grew up, Moshe was thrilled. Moshe, wow, the Jewish people finally grew up. You're no longer children. In the desert, like a little children. Everything is provided for. Everything is taken care of. Don't worry about anything. Don't think about anything. Hashem is doing everything for you. Even press your garments. Send them as scouts. Look carefully in the words. He doesn't use spies. The Yasuru. There's a difference between a scout and a spy. A scout is just there to assess and evaluate. Just give me information. Just give me facts. I don't want your editorial. I don't need your opinion. We're going into the land. It's a foregone conclusion. We could do it. We will do it. Just a question of figuring out how, what, what's the best way, strategy. But the mo in their own mind, however, they said, well, listen, if we're adults and we're mature and we can think on our own and we have a mind, we're also a spy. We have to evaluate. What does Moshe? Moshe has his head in the clouds. What does he know? <laughs> Literally. We are on the ground. And they came back and they came to their own conclusion. They said, you know, Moshe, it's very nice, but it's not going to work in the real world. Graduated, they, they moved up. It's a step up. That now you're an adult, you have a partnership with Hashem. An agent means you're faithful to the, to the sender, but you're an adult, you know how to execute. And you can't have it both ways. You can't be independent, thinker, and at the same time have total faith. You can't, it's one or the other, one of the expense or the other. No, you want to have faith, stay in the desert, live in a sheltered environment, and then you can have pure faith. But to be in the promised land, in an earthy existence, and to maintain that pure faith, they, they were like, you know, they said it's impossible. They, they were, when you do truva, ultimate truva out of love, the Mashiach is going to come, the Jews are going to do truva. When you do ultimate truva out of love, you erase the past. In other words, you reverse the past. Imagine if Moshe comes down the mountain and the Jews did not worship the golden calf. Imagine if the spies came back and they said, Leh, we're going to the land of Israel. Mashiach will come and we'll do tshuva, we're going to like reverse the past. That's why those days are going to end up being the greatest holidays. Because Shiva Asabatamas, if the Jewish people would not worship the golden calf, they would have gone straight to Mashiach. That was, the day was designated for Mashiach. Tishabav, if had the Jewish people accepted and, and not sinned with the spies, they would have said, yes, we're going to the land of Israel. They would have gone straight to the land of Israel, Mashiach would come. So that day was originally designated for the coming of Mashiach. That's the energy of the day. The energy of Tishabav, the energy of Zimbabwe is Mashiach. But the Jews messed up. Mashiach will come. We're going to do tshuva out of love. We're going to reverse the past. And then it's as if, as if we made a different choice. Can you imagine if we made the right choice? And then Mashiach comes. That's, that's what's going to happen. Okay, let's continue. Yeah. And let's scout the land. They meant to show the shame of the land or the defects of the land. The, the, the moon will be ashamed, and the, and, the, and the sun will also be shamed. So Chafra comes from the word uh, shame. So they shy, try to show the shame of the land, the, the, the negativity of the land. Try to paint the land in a negative light. 
It's, it's, it's all how you report it. Yeah, it's all how you report it. Leadership. All how you. Hey, let's show some. These are the names of Mati Ruvin Shemu Ben Zachor. I'm an average Yisrael Davis. I'm a Seder Shviyadinim Avisenu. We got it. We have a tradition from our from our ancestors. Medaglim Hashem Maseim Nikru. That the Medaglim, their names symbolize what they, their actions and their philosophy. And we only know one of them. In other words, their difficulties and challenges is not relevant to us so much today. But one of them we did hear because it's still relevant for us today. Susur ben Michal. What is the name? Was Susur the son of Michal? Susur They they try to destroy the actions of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And then, in other words, they try, Hashem promised them they're going into the promised land and they try to undo Hashem's promise. Michael, they're trying to say Hashem doesn't have the power, doesn't have the power to help us conquer the land. In other words, they said their philosophy was it's a contradiction in terms. You want to be holy, you want to be pure, you have to live in a shtetl, you have to live in a ghetto, you have to be sheltered, you have to live in a desert, and then you can have faith and be pure. You're living in a miraculous dimension. But you can't have your cake and eat it too. You want us to act naturally, you want us to engage the mind, philosophy, engage the mind, act naturally, and at the same time have pure faith and be ready to sacrifice ourselves for Hashem. It doesn't go together. Hashem says it does, and they said it doesn't. Said, we can also say explain a different a different name, one of the other names, because it's also relevant to us. Nachbi ben Vafsi. Nachbi comes from the word Shehbi, the tried to hide, distort the words of Hashem, didn't report it as said, misquoted, out of context. That he stepped over. He, that again, he didn't say the words as is. The world, Israel is good. It's a beautiful land. It's flowing with milk and honey, and they skipped over these words, that minor detail. They didn't report, didn't transmit that, that fact. They went up from the south. And they came to the city of Hebron. They came in the plural. First it says Vayalu, they went up the south. Then it says Vayove in the singular. It comes to teach us a Peter's call of Matas Miraglim. Kalev himself went. He separated himself from the advice of Miraglim. He saw already they're looking themselves as spies. He already got wind and got drift that they're, they're, they're not here to, to tell. They already decided that this is a, this is a failed project and will never make it. He went to pray. On the grave of the of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, Sarah, Sarah, Rivka, and Leah, my my ancestors, my parents, please, plead and for mercy, I should be saved. This is the first source we have of going to the grave of a tzaddik. Going to the grave of a tzaddik is not something that Hasidim invented. It's in the code of Jewish law. Before Rosh Hashanah, you go to the grave of your parents, or the grave of a tzaddik. And here is the source. Yekolev went to Davin for himself. He went to the grave of a tzaddik to Davin for himself. To Davin to Hashem to help him. Yeshua, why didn't Yeshua go? Yeshua, because Moshe already prayed for him. Shem it says, Moshe changed his name from Moshe at that point. At that time, when Moshe appointed him as, as the representative of the tribe 
of Ephraim, he, 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 he changed his name from Hoshea to Yoshua. Why? Because he was praying. Ko Yoshia. Yoshua is Yudke. Ko Yoshia. Mitzas Meraglim. Hashem should help you and save you from the, from the advice of the Meraglim. I think the, the, the Kleyoker says something unbelievable. Kleyoker, I believe, says that, that Sarai, Hashem changed Sarai's name to Sarah. So the Yud was, yeah, Sarai to Sarah. So the Yud was very upset. You know, you, you eliminated me. So Hashem appeased the Yud. He says, you were Yud, the last letter, and Sarai. I'm going to make you the first letter of Yeshua. His name was Hoshea. You, so what? So what, how did that help? I think Kleyoka says because the women did not sin with the golden, with, with, with the, didn't sin with the golden calf and didn't sin with the with the sin of the spies. They didn't die out in the desert. The daughters of Slavkod did enter. They did believe in the Holy Land. So Hashem gave Yeshua, Moshe gave Yeshua that feminine energy of the years of Sarai. Sarai gave him that feminine energy. And that's why he wanted to go into the land. Yeshua. That's what it says, that Kalev had a different spirit. He had a different spirit than, than uh, uh, the spies. And that's why he gave him, that's why his gift was, he gave him the city of Hebron. In other words, he gave him the city that he went to. That's the city that he went to because he went to Hebron and that's what saved him. From the from the spies, that's why he was given the gift of of Hebron. You know, when he entered the land, in Hebron you had the giants. was miyuman He was like the strongest one from all of his giant brothers. He would he would step on the ground. He would make it like a mounds. He would make an impression on the earth. He was so tall and so powerful and so a giant. Just stepping would make a dent into the ground and make make like piles of earth all around him. First he would make an indent and then he would make mounds of earth all around him. Another explanation. Achimon ben Anos. Achimon built the city of Anos. Sheishes ben Olush. Sheishes built the city of Olush. And Talmai ben Talbush. And Talmai built the city of Talbush. It's another explanation. How does this explain their names? Yes, yeah, so some eliminate David Acher. It doesn't explain the names, but each of these uh, giants, Achim and Sheshe and Talma, were famous because each one built a city. Yeah, yeah. They, were, they were tall, they were big, they weighed a yeah. lot. Yeah, why are they called Anok? Giants, why are they called Anok? I'll ship. Manikin Chama became Muslim. They were so tall, it's as if the sun, they carry the sun like, like, a, like a, a necklace around their neck. It says, it says in the story of the Meraglim that Hebron was built seven years before, before Tsayan in Egypt. If you mean literally, Hebron, the city of Hebron was built seven years before the city of Tsayan was built in Mitzrayim, you can't say that. Why? How is it possible a person is going to build a house for his youngest son before he builds for his own, the oldest son? Cham was the youngest son. 
Mitzrayim was the oldest son. Kush Mitzrayim was the youngest of the four. Mitzrayim was older, so surely he built a city for his oldest son, Sayan, for Mitzrayim, the son Mitzrayim, and then he built Hebron for his youngest son, um, Knan. So what does it mean it was built seven years before? What it means is, Ella, rather, it means, yeah, Ella means, it was seven times better, superior. And in, within Eretz Yisrael, Hebron is the city of rocks, of stones. That's why it's, it's a burial place. That's why it's a place designated for burial. Because it's Hebron. Because it's a place of stones. Yeah, stones. It's not a, it's not a fertile place. And of all the nations, of all the lands in the world, there's no one more fertile than the land of Egypt. Like the garden of Hashem, like the land of Egypt. And the best city in Mitzrayim is it's the most fertile of Mitzrayim. That's where all the ministers had their homes. They had it in the most fertile city in the whole of Egypt. Nevertheless, Hebron was the least city in the whole of Canaan. Mitzrayim was the best city in Mitzrayim, which is like the best country. Nevertheless, Hebron was seven times superior than Tzoyim. Hebron, you're saying, was a city of, of rocks and stones, and that's why it's, it was designated as a burial spot. It says, after 40 years, when Avshalom rebelled against David, he told the king, Elchen, I want to go to, to graze my sheep in Hebron. He went to bring sheep from Hebron. We learned, when you bring animals to the base of Migdash, you have to bring the best, the superior animals. So you bring Elim, rams you bring from Mayav, from, from the west side, east side of the Jordan. Kvasim, sheep, Hebron. That's the best, because that's the best grazing area. So you have the fattest sheep, the best sheep, the superior sheep are found in Hebron. So what do you mean it's a place of stones? It's a place of grazing for animals, for sheep. So my answer is, no, minay, I did. Minay, that, that is the proof. Minay, I did the klisha out of the diet. Since it's not fertile, it's the least fertile. You can't grow things there. You're not going to grow orchards or gardens or fields. So what do you use it for? Only to graze animals. Out of the diet. So therefore, you make it for for, for, for grazing. No, of, of the raya, so it grows grass. So you, you, did, you didn't use it to plant the fields or to plant vineyards, but other things. And that's why it would make the sheep fat. Because the, the, the sheep graze, and the best land for sheep, the best uh, uh, grass for sheep is a land which is dry and stony. Versus uh, moist land, so that's why it was the perfect, perfect for grazing. To be continued, have a wonderful.